Hello, and welcome to CAA Podcast Conversation. Today we have Stephanie Lander and Don Holder. The topic discussion will be slippery, evading boundary in making meaning in teaching. Stephanie Lander is currently the Assistant Professor of Ceramics at Emporia State University in Kansas, where she teaches all levels of ceramics, 3D design, and fiber. She makes clay and mixed media sculpture, drawing, and text, and has been teaching for 15 years. Dan Holder is Associate Professor of Art at the University of Ozark, where she teaches ceramics, sculpture, and art history. She has received numerous accolades for her work and has exhibited in gallery and museum across the country, including the National Museum for Women in the Art, where she was invited to participate in the Organic Matter Women to Watch exhibition. She received an MFA in Ceramics from Rhode Island School of Design and BFA in Ceramics from the University of Georgia. Welcome, Stephanie and Dan, and you guys can take over. Well, thank you, Bobby. Thanks so much for uh, asking us to have this conversation. Dawn and I have known each other for a long time, and she she's an amazing thinker and maker. And uh, so we're going to talk about um, kind of the idea of slip today uh, and the concept of slippery. Um, so... Don, do you want to maybe just describe how you work with slip first, and then like I can, I'll, I'll talk about the way that I use it. Okay, um, that sounds great. Um, thanks, I'm excited to be here. <laughs> um, Stephanie and I have really had an ongoing conversation about our work for um, for a long time, so it's exciting to be able to put some of this um, in not in print, but to record it. Um, so. First, I guess I want to talk about the way that that I use slip. Um, I usually make a paper clay slip. So for those who don't know, slip is basically clay mixed with water so that it's fluid. Um, and so I take this this fluid liquid clay and then I dip plants and other organic matter into it, let it dry, and then fire the pieces so that the organic matter burns out and then I have this kind of delicate fossil or remnant left behind from, um, from the plant that's been dipped and burned away. And then I take these components and assemble them together into um, assemblage sculptures and then large-scale installation works as well. Yeah, um, fragility and the idea of the fossil, I think, is something that I work with as well. Um, so whereas Don uh, uses slip as sort of like um, a way to capture an entire form at once, um, I'm sort of starting from the tradition in ceramics of slip trailing, which is a decorative process of drawing with like a three-dimensional line on a form. Um, so instead of uh, using the lines as decoration, I'm using them as structural elements. So I basically um, slip trail the forms and that's the way that I build them. And so it's this accumulative process, which, which Dawn also uses a lot in her work. Um, and so I'm really interested in the kind of liminal quality of slip it's like is it a solid? Is it a liquid? And the way that it can really freeze um, gravity, um, like the idea of flow is, is 
always been fascinating to me. So, um, so I use this kind of flowing um, line uh, to build forms that currently um, are words. So uh, I'm, I'm interested in the way that um, in the handwritten line. So I'm sort of, you know, writing with clay in essence, um, or the idea of drawing in three dimensions um, and uh, building, uh, starting with a word, tracing it with the slip and tracing it over and over again until it becomes a three dimensional form, kind of taking something that's visceral, uh, um, that's uh, virtual, like a word um, or a text message, for instance, uh, and making it into something visceral, like a tangible object um, is really fascinating to me. And I think that's kind of what Don is doing, too, by taking an organic um, object that's going to um, decompose. She is making it forever. Uh, and that, that idea is just a really, I think a lot of um, people working in clay really um, are kind of driven by that idea, but um, but that's something that really calls to me right now in this uh, time of uh, <laughs> the way that technology is is changing everything. So um, I don't well, know. Yeah, go ahead. One one thing that I as I was listening to you talk, um, I'm I'm kind of interested in this idea of taking something that's traditionally decorative. Like you are taking slip trailing, which is usually just used for decoration, de decoration and using it to build a form. Um, and I think that in both of our works, one thing that we really do is think about this sort of density of line and um, mass and creating these highly kind of decorative objects that are more primal to our work than say, just like a simple form. And I think that that in some way kind of upends some of the traditional modes of sculpture where you would maybe focus on the form first. I almost think I'm starting from the decoration first and then working out from there. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, so I think like, I think about it too, in a sense, like I'm starting with a word or um, maybe a symbol um, on paper. And then I'm, I'm, like using that um and so a word you know i don't i don't know if we want to get into semiotics or anything but but a word like it's like the superficial thing in a lot of ways but but i'm thinking about how and a line is this kind of this ephemeral thing but i'm thinking about it as the foundation like a word it can be a foundation for an understanding um just like the way a line can and and how does that um evolve, how do those things evolve? How do lines become maps and topographies and how do words become systems of knowledge and structures that, uh, that evolve and change? Um, and I think like this process of flip is interesting. And I was talking about the way that things evolve and change. And I think that, you, you know, you're sort of interested in that too, Don, with, with the way that you're um, kind of capturing um, maybe plants and talking about, you know, decay. I'll let you talk about that. But, but, um, but slip kind of acts in a different way than other than clay in its plastic state. Uh, it, it shrinks differently, it moves differently in the firing, it does a lot of different things. Um, and uh, I think we both are, are like interested in that, um, 
kind of dramatic quality that slip has as well as its fragility. Uh, so yeah, maybe Don, if you want to talk a little bit about like your, maybe the ideas behind your installations and your slip dipping. Sure. Yeah. So um, in my work, I generally create sculptures and installations that investigate landscape. And I'm interested in how the landscape around us tells the story of our cultural values and biases. Um, and so just kind of looking at the way that as a culture, we may choose to change or alter or cultivate the landscape around us is really interesting to me. And one thing that I've been working on with my slip dip work is um, thinking about how do we decide sort of what plants are worthy of our attention and which ones are not. So how do you discern between what is a weed and what is a beautiful flower? Um, how do we take those plants and move them across countries and continents and, and arrange them in specific ways? And in that, in that way of thinking, one thing that I particularly want to do is sort of gather and collect all of the unwanted and discarded bits of plants. So I collect um, all kinds of plant clippings, uh, working at a university, I kind of um, keep an eye on what they're cutting down around here and gather that. I go to sort of ditches by the roadside and gather weeds. And so sort of taking these things that have been, um, you know, cast aside and in a way using those to create a sort of new landscape or garden space. Um and the idea of fragility is is really interesting to me too. And I love how incredibly complex and delicate the objects that I um, dip and slip can be. It's sort of um, more complex than I can even imagine building with my own hands. And it's interesting the way that the slip both kind of preserves and can obliterate um, that interest, intricacy of these organic forms. Um, and I, uh, you know, I want to kind of toe that line between softening and abstracting these things that you can recognize um, and then sort of preserving the, the delicate and intricate quality of these natural forms and kind of giving them a new, a new life. And um, my aesthetic often in my installations is a little bit apocalyptic, I guess you could say. I'm really interested in, in using these forms and kind of creating a new apocalyptic landscape um, that brings awareness of, of, our, of our touch on the world, of humankind's um, huge alterations on, on the landscape around us. That idea of landscape um, is, is, all, is really important to me and sort of um, a different way, but I think um, there are a lot of connections. I think about um, rather you're kind of working with the idea of the natural world and our um, environment and sustainability issues, and I, I kind of tend to focus on um, communication and human interaction, and so I'm thinking about mm -hmm. language and <laughs> how kind of in a... Um, epistemological sense like things are breaking down right now I think a lot of um, our what we you know it, it 
what we understand is slippery. Like, who knows what's true anymore, you know? And so I think of a word as a landscape and language as a landscape, the internet as a landscape, and how are we supposed to um, navigate these new landscapes? Technology is something, I mean, in, um, yeah, in ceramics, there's this new, uh, it's not super new anymore, but the, the idea of 3D printing. And so we're trying to kind of um, figure out where we we are in all of these things. And, um, and I think that, uh, like, by, in my process, I um, use my hand in this very painstaking way, which, which John also does. Um, and I think that that direct contact with um, the medium and also had and the in a kind of repetitious and obsessive way um also has a lot of um relationship to to what we're thinking about um and that direct process also is is about what we're what we're trying to hold on to literally um which uh is a sense of um, meaning and value and trying to save things. And, you know, I don't know that I like, I'm trying to save handwriting, but, uh, by handwriting the text that I'm um, making into sculpture, but, but that is, and it is a thought it's like, what is important. And I think, um, it might be, this might be a good kind of way to sort of segment into teaching. Um, and the, the way that, uh, I don't know, maybe that we deal with these ideas of process or I think about like just slippery as a metaphor, but um, how, how does this relate to you as a teacher, Don? Could you, do you have any like examples or do you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. Um, well, I, I don't, I haven't um, used slip dipping as a particular class project. Um, in any of my classes, but I have, um, when I first started working on slip dipping, I had a really extraordinary student um, who was also my studio assistant for a few years, um, Carmen Castarena, and she and I actually worked together to develop the, the slip recipe that um, we both ended up using, um, and we worked on it in our own ways to figure out how to use that in our in our work, and it was really interesting um, being able to kind of go th through this process of like, here's how you sort of come to an idea. Okay. So I, I know that there's something I want to do. And then what are all of the technical questions that you need to figure out and really sort of laying out that process of discovering, um, and, and doing all of the testing that you need to understand your material and then once you've chosen your material, so the exact kind of slip recipe and the proportions of paper that we needed to keep the, the clay from cracking, um, then how do you use it to kind of get the result that you wanted? Um, and I think it was a really excellent experience for both of us to be able to kind of work together and for me to, to guide the process, but to, to show her sort of how to investigate and how to, how to discover something. Um, and I, working on large-scale projects in the studio, and I work a lot at school, so I like the ability to invite my students into that process and to kind of sort of show them how I'm thinking about um, going about some of these larger and more ambitious um, installations. 
how do I conceive of it? How are all of the different sort of, you know, what are the questions I have to ask myself before I can even figure out what I need to do? Um, so I, I do use it in teaching, but it's in a more kind of informal way as students are interested um, rather than kind of having it as part of a specific class project. Flip, it can tend to be uh, kind of an advanced understanding in ceramics, like whether you're slip casting or using it the way we are. So, and since we both kind of primarily only work with undergrads and mostly at the beginning levels, I think we both kind of are similar in this way. However, I do want to um, uh, talk about when, so I invited Don to come to my university here in Emporia and um, give a lecture and do a workshop. So, um, all my students found all these objects and we found all these different things and then we we all dipped everything in slip and spread it all out across the studio and made a giant mess and um and so although it may not have been a regular class project for her at the university of the ozarks um she my students were just their minds were blown <laughs> they had fantastic time and um, it was all about exploring and play and discovery and testing. And I think that that um, and I have also pretty much only done um, my process uh, in terms of teaching others how to do it in terms uh, at workshops as well. I've done it a little bit um, with students here on a very rudimentary level, but it's, it's just such a technically challenging Thing that I want to get them to understand the, the basics first, but yeah. but it has informed the way that I teach, and I think that the the ideas of um, discovery and play and experimenting, like I said, and also for me, um, the idea of having a dialogue with your work, like when you're working with such a tenuous, like um, <laughs> evasive in some ways material. Uh, you, you have to react, you have to react quickly. One of the definitions of slip is moving softly and quickly. <laughs> uh, and uh, I think that um, for me as a maker, it's forced me to um, be on my toes at all times. Um, even though I'm doing kind of a meditative process, um, I still have to react. And I think that uh, this idea of um, you know, not like maybe having a starting point, but not knowing where you're going to end up is something that as students are very uncomfortable with, especially when they begin art school. So for me, getting them out of the, the comfort zone um, and, you know, getting them to slip a little bit uh, it <laughs> is, is fundamentally essential to their success as an art student. And ceramics does that in a lot of ways, but um, like that, I, I think a lot about um, that Janine Antoni piece, Touch, where she's on the, the horizon, um, on the on the tightrope, and she's, I'll read it, I, I wrote it down. So I practiced tightrope for about an hour a day, and after about a week, I started to feel like, quote, now I'm getting my balance. And as I was walking, I started to notice that it wasn't that I was getting more balanced, but that I was getting more comfortable with being out of balance. And I think, you know, slip deals a lot with gravity, um, and reacting to that and I think that you know with students we got to get them out of you know kind of to fight that gravity of their past and their fears and their insecurities and like what they think they know and you know what they think art should be and that they have to control the whole thing um 
And so um, this way of working has really helped me focus on those um, elements in creating projects, if that makes sense. So, and, and yeah. I think that's so, I think that's so important. And I, I love um, that quote that you just brought in and that sense of like bringing a little bit of instability into the yeah. studio practice and modeling that for students is so important. I think like one of the things that I harp on my students so much about is um, the idea of being okay with failure um, and that testing and experimenting and playing and often failing, it's just part of how you develop a process, how you develop an idea, how you get somewhere. Um, and to be able to, you know, know that as I'm working in the studio, so many of my things are just going to break or crack or fall apart. And just, just to say, Hey, I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, this is just, this is just how it goes. Um, and you have to kind of like, there's a certain, um, sense of freedom, I think in that, like once the student or the artist can understand, um, and let go a little bit, it, it, uh, it allows for so, um, much more like unburdened creativity to come into the making. Right. And furthermore, I mean, you know, we're, we're not the first people to say this at all, but like every, every mistake or accident is an opportunity. And, you know, they getting, you know, I know that because most of my best work has happened that way. <laughs> you know, when something falls off or, you know, I, I, you have to problem solve in order um, to make it, you know, survive or turn it into something. Those are usually the most creative um, solutions because there's something that's happening that's not in your control. And I think um, that it's really easy to tell students that. Um, and, and maybe even they see it in your work and they see your work falling apart, but the getting them to experience it is a whole other thing. Um, so, and it's challenging. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's one of, one of the most important things to me, I think. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> do we want to talk about like mix, mixing media or let's see. And we've sort of talked about, or, or we could talk about like the future of, of um, kind of using slip in this way. I mean, I think a lot of people in the ceramics field are starting to work more explicitly with just slip. Um, so I don't know, Don, do you, do you have any ideas of things that you haven't seen yet? <laughs> I have like seven pages of notes here, but. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> Well, I think it's interesting um, that both of us are kind of, our backgrounds are really rooted in ceramics and we have this traditional ceramics education, but our work doesn't really fall into any of those traditional ceramic categories. And I think, you know, sort of as you were mentioning that those, ca those ceramic categories are getting really just kind of expanded and blown up and maybe don't even exist in the same way that they used to. Um, but I think it's it's kind of fascinating the way that in your work you are using these very soft and delicate lines and these repetitive, um, almost topographical lines, and then mixing that with um, the sort of repeated lines that come in crochet or in the line work of adding wire 
um, or fibers to your work. And so um, yours has this really like sense of, of delicacy and intricacy. And, and in my work, I'm um, often mixing my slip dip pieces with concrete. And um, I will go out, if I see a pile of interesting concrete chunks, you know, I'll just throw them in the back of my car and bring them back to the studio. Um, I love the way that my practice has allowed this sense of like gleaning to come into into the work so that I'm often like collecting and gleaning. Um, and I, I'm so fascinated by concrete as this marker of humanity on the crust of the earth um, and sort of collecting these bits of concrete and then um, rearranging them in my installations and sort of using this fractured concrete as, as ground that my plant matter can grow forth from or kind of sit almost dead on top of. Um, and so again, sort of contrasting materials that are very delicate and then very sort of commonplace and heavy. Um, how do you think about um, the types of materials that you contrast in your work? Yeah, that's, that's a really great point. And I think just to further kind of what you you began, I think we both, um, to use the word again, slip between shirt and um, ceramics and craft, you know, craft and all of these definitions. And I think we both been able to do that in a way that's um, developed a unique voice, hopefully. <laughs> I mean, we try. Um, but so, yeah, I, I actually started using slip because um, I was using so much, I was doing a lot of fiber work and I, I've just got this love of lines. And I was like, how can I connect the clay even more to the fiber and vice versa? And so I was thinking, well, you know, with slip, you can literally, you have this de delicate line. So it was like a way to kind of mimic and relate the fiber lines to the clay and, and then to begin to build these networks. Um, so for me, it was, it began from another medium and, you know, I've been using wire lately too, which is another linear form. Um, and then, so that part of the idea is to have the clay kind of, uh, extend into the, the thread or the wire for instance, like the idea of a thread of a conversation, I'm always interested in the, the metaphor of a material, just like you were talking about with concrete um, and delicacy. And so um, I think that uh, whether literally using other materials or just using them as starting points, I mean, writing and drawing, for instance, like, is it, is it a word? Is it a sculpture? You know, does it even matter? Um, the, that kind of back and forth. Uh, and I think the idea of bringing kind of opposites together um, in, a, in a way um, is, has always been very important to me because I think that, and this relates to teaching too, because I think that the more we can put ourselves and the people around us um, give them a little bit of taste of ambiguity and um, sort of <laughs> a slippery uh, <laughs> understanding of things, the, the broader their understanding can get. Um, so, you know, I think that by, for me, like starting with the word that might mean something specific to me, um, 
like the word elevation is a word that I've been thinking about lately. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of different meanings to that, to that word. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm interested in, in having people think, you know, about how it relates to them and, and how um, it might relate in other ways. But then at the end of the day, does, you know, it, it might not even read as a word at the end. And I think that that's, you know, I think that that's the way that um, sometimes our communication is. So I think I'm going off on a tangent a little bit. Uh, well, you know what? But I think that that idea of ambiguity is really interesting in the way that we're both um, investigating the way that our material can bring a little bit of ambiguity to our work. You know, you're using these kind of accreted layers of lines uh, over and around the words to create this ambiguous sculptural form that may or may not be able to be read. Um, and then I'm covering things with, with slips. So sort of like covering, sometimes even totally obliterating the original form um, so that it's not recognizable in the same way. And I think I'm really fascinated by the way that our material can, can create a little bit of ambiguity. You know, one thing I was thinking about um, in, in relation to my own work is this, this idea that through the sort of softening and covering sort of preserves the complexity of the natural world, but without being overly sentimental. So it's like if my things were too perfect and pristine and knowable, then they would be less interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that that sense of, of ambiguity, I think, is is um, important to both of our work in our in our process and in our meaning and understanding of, of how and, and why we use it. Gives the work. I mean, it the, the slips abstracts the work, but it also gives it a sense of time. I think time is really important to both of us. Whether it's for for you, Don, it's sort of like um, capturing history and like um, bringing history uh, into a new context. But it's also like this fossilization um, and as well as like the accumulation of time and what that means and thinking about the processes of time and how we use it. Um, and I think that uh, like that's that, and that's that fascinating magic of slip. It can like, it's like, it's like the ceramic camera <laughs> in a way, <laughs> you know, it just, it freezes the moment if you, if you let it. And, um, and if you're, <laughs> if you're lucky, <laughs> it'll work. Uh, but I think that we're, um, and but but neither one of us are really um, um, content to stop there, you know, because it the if if it's too literal, then um, then it right it loses its impact and it loses that that slippery quality <laughs> of <laughs> people to 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 enter into it um, and kind of figure out their own um, meaning, uh, you know, and reason to even investigate. Um, so yeah, I think, I think time is, and time is essential to ceramics in a way that is different, um, than, than a lot of different media for sure. But I think for slip, especially because you just don't have a big window in which you can work with it necessarily, um, in its different states. <laughs> and then, and then it, uh, I don't know. Um, 
we don't right. have to too technical, but. <laughs> well, well, it's interesting. So like as a maker, you have to understand the time, the timing of your material. What is the window in which I can sort of capture this form in the way that I want to, where the, the, the slip is neither um, too fluid nor too, um, too viscous, oh. right? And then you have the time that's labor, you know, over the many, many hours of, of studio, I really think about time and labor as being a metaphor in my work as well. I think of labor, um, just the amount of labor that goes into changing and cultivating the landscape and then how I reflect that as this repeated labor in my process um, as well is, is really important to me. And I think that's uh, something that is interesting to talk to students about. Um, they're often thinking like, hey, I spent one hour on this piece, that was such a long time. And to sort of shift their scale of time to say, you know what, I've spent a year on this piece. Um, it's interesting to think about um, how that year is a reflection then of, like you were mentioning, all of these little frozen moments um, of sculpting and capturing with, with slip. Yeah, and I think that we're both, and a lot of uh, you know, a lot of artists are uh, very interested in and just kind of naturally um, invested in slowing things down. Um, I think that when you um, commit to a repetitive, cumulative process and, and a large ambitious project like your installations or just something that takes um, a lot of a lot of hours to create in a way that is reacting against our increasingly instant uh, stratification kind of culture, you know? And I think our students are this generation where they're used to things happening really fast. Like they can find something out really fast. They can get a response from a friend instantaneously. Um, everything is fast and superficial. And I think we're both, in a sense, I don't know whether it's conscious or not, sometimes very conscious for me, but um, I'm kind of like fighting against that. Now, wait a minute here, let's slow down. Like what's real? Like what, what, what's happening here? And, and um, by, by forcing myself to make these things I, I am kind of forcing myself into that corner and um and actually doing it uh so that that's a value yeah that's a really that's a challenge to get students to understand um especially you know with sometimes I don't know about you Don but like um sometimes there's uh, an expectation of x amount of projects per semester that they're supposed to finish and it's like well uh, how, you know, how are they supposed to be ambitious with these projects if they have to do this many? And um, so, so yeah, this this idea of slowing um, and you know, I don't. Sometimes I get tired of the cliches of um, kind of surrounding meditation, but it's but because there's so much more to it than what the some of the cliches um, you know say. But uh, but yeah, it's. Um, I was I was also thinking of the idea. This is kind of a change of subject, but uh, but the idea that um, slip is uh, 
in ceramics, it's like all of these different things. It's um, uh, like a glue, you know, we, in, in right. the beginning we use it as a glue, but it's also um, a skin, you know, whether it's coating something or coating the inside of a mold or as a decorative element, but it's also a body. So this idea of slip as a glue, a skin and a body, all, you know, like can be all of those things um, is, is really fascinating to me. And, and I think even though we're both working with like um, non-figurative work, we're both really, um, the, the body <laughs> is like, is like inherent to what we're both doing. Uh, and maybe the lack thereof <laughs> in the work is kind of like where the key is. So that could be a whole different uh, direction. Uh, that's, a, that's a whole nother conversation, right? Yeah. So for me, the body is my body making the work and then the absence of any body in the landscape so that the viewer is the body. Right. Yeah. In a, in, in, in a short summation. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but yes, I, I love that, um, multiplicity of slip, um, and I like how you sort of reduce it to glue, skin, and body. Um, I always do a vocab test in my ceramics one class, and that's one of that's one of the questions. What are the three uses of slip? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's sometimes it's hard to it, like you know when we use it so much, it's hard to think about it in that in those simple terms. But really, you know, that's that's what it is. And and what else do we really need anyway? <laughs> Um, so do you have any thoughts about like how, um, do you have plans for incorporating it more into your teaching or it, like, how do you see it evolving in the, in the clay world or in the world of sculpture at all or? Um, no, right now I don't really have any specific plans. I, I've started doing a slip casting project in my, um, one of my advanced sculpture classes that's just casting. Um, but since I teach at a school with only two faculty, um, my ability to get into really detailed processes in, in class, um, it's kind of limited by what I, what I'm able to teach. Um, so I just kind of slip things in, um, here and there <laughs> as, as it's interesting and relevant maybe to the work of some of my more advanced students, um, and then as far as like what, where is, um, where is slip and sculpture and ceramics going in the future? Um, you know, as we just mentioned, slip is so, um, so various and so able to kind of transform and mutate into these different things. Um, you know, I think it's becoming something that more and more people are finding different ways of using. So, um, 3D printing with slip. Um, and it's interesting to kind of look at your work in terms of 3D printing. You're almost like the human 3D printer. Yeah, the analog 3D printing. Yeah, yeah. talk about <laughs> slowing down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's going to, 3D printing is kind of the one of the main things that I think about. Um, and uh, we'll see how how that kind of evolves from just a technique that's done um, for the sake of itself into something that 
actually is used. Um, and I think I think there's a lot of people using it in this way that um, that are using it uh, as the expression, the right expression for their ideas and their voice. Um, but I do think in some ways um, we have a little bit of ways to go on that. We're just figuring that uh, process out. And I think, you know, I, I kind of started doing this before I was even aware of 3D printing about, oh, probably 15 years ago, I started kind of doing some split trailed sculpture. And, um, and I think it's, uh, now it's almost become a reaction to it. <laughs> and the challenge now is to figure out how to make my work distinguishable from um, a printed thing. And again, that I think it goes back to the idea of um, not knowing exactly what you're going to get um, when you begin, like starting out with kind of a map but not knowing where the journey is going to end. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of making sure that um, my body and my hands uh, are involved in the entire process in a way that can't be done by a mechanized, um, you know, um, by a machine. And not, I mean, I think 3D printing is amazing and it's like this incredible um, technology that, that is going to change a lot of things. And um, so I don't have anything against it, but it's almost this funny, funny uh, situation that I've found myself in. Um, because a lot of people do think that it's printed because it, you can see this dry it, it layers the slip, but, uh, but nope. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see. I think a lot of people are kind of figuring out how to use the paper. I think we both, we, we both use paper in our slip. And again, that's kind of a technical ceramics thing, but, but, uh, it, it lets you do things with clay that you can't do, um, in any other way, like you can kind of break all the rules. And I think that's a, one of the reasons why neither one of us like use it in our beginning classes, <laughs> because <laughs> you don't want to teach them that they can do these magical things uh, right from the get go, because they have to, they have to figure out how to build things with plastic clay, I think, first, or else they'll get real confused um, uh, that you, you know, maybe you don't have to slip and score everything or whatever. Uh, so, um, so yeah, I think uh, we'll see where it goes. Bobby, you use slip too. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I'm all in this though, aren't I? <laughs> and now, thank you guys uh, for kind of like blowing everybody's mind with uh, different type of clay, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, how about we end here and thank you, Stephanie, and thank you, Don, and that was good. Thank you. Okay, well, thank you, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs>